Welcome to this week's Technocast brought to you by the TUPSSO Franchise Owners Association. My name is Joe Gall and I wanted to talk to you today about a subject that bothers me and will always concern me as long as I own this franchise. Lithium battery shipments. We get them across our counters every day and I cringe because I'm not 100% sure of the latest rules. We always have that UPS threat of $250,000 fine and five years in prison floating over our heads for mishandling such a hazmat shipment. Are you 100% sure that you can, or what you can ship and where? You know, we all have access to the training on our learning center, but is it correct? It should be, but is it? When you call UPS directly, do you sometimes get a different answer, depending on what department you talk to? Um, do we have a different set of rules for being an, S an ASO? Is the UPS operator on the hotline aware of our rules compared to other shippers? Are we off the hook when they give us the wrong information? Does that free of us? Does that free us of liability? I don't think so. What are again? What are the DHL international regulations? How about the post office? All the rules for all the carriers should be the same, right? You know, after all, these are government mandated and regulated rules. So why wouldn't they be? The part that I don't get is that some lithium batteries can explode. We've seen it. Plane's gone down. Why are we even shipping them at all? Why can't we can't ship things like ammunition or aerosol cans that also can explode unless we have a hazmat license and pay that extra insurance premium? If that if lithium batteries are that potentially deadly, why do they not at least fall into the unshippable hazmat category? I'm thinking it has something to do with money. Um, people do bring wads of cash into our stores and ship their iPads or iPhones overnight to the entire world. It's hard to turn down that money, but we're allowed to ship it, so why not? My managers and associates ask me every so often if we can ship something with a lithium battery. You know, what, are the, what are the rules? Every time I answer, they may have changed the rules again. Call and find out. Call the carrier. Figure it out. Then, after you figure it out, call them back because that first person may have been wrong. What did the I asked them, uh, what did the training module say about it last year? I get a, um, well, I don't remember, which I guess is a good answer because it makes them find out again for themselves. A quick search on ups.com is even more confusing. It's, there's no direct answer. It stresses proper packaging and, believe it or not, their website not that they or we suggest using the certified packaging expert at the UPS store. Oh boy, who knew? Maybe they do love us. Um, here are a few posts from the source discussion forums that I found very helpful. Uh, the first one, I just experienced a fun shipment containing lithium batteries. To be more specific, it was a cell phone with a lithium battery contained in the equipment. It was returned by UPS for having the wrong labeling on it. So. I referenced the materials found on the hub and found that I thought everything was done correctly. That was until I called UPS Hazmat. Here's what I learned. A cell phone and most laptop batteries are always less than the 100 watt hours, so no documentation is required for ground or air. Documentation is only required when shipping multiple cell phones or laptops with batteries exceeding 100 watt hours. A square label that states the type of battery and contact information is not required on shipments of one cell phone or laptop with a battery of 100 watt hours or less. 
The MBE documentation checklist is only required if the other larger label is required. MBE slash UPS store is label happy and uses labels that are not required and oftentimes causes UPS to return packages as non-transportable even though they technically are transportable. The representative at UPS Hazmat explained that when shipping items with batteries, it is best to contact them directly at 800-554-9964 versus using the UPS MBE store job aid phone hotline. For international, there are country-specific restrictions that could prevent any shipment with the lithium battery. Another post, uh, we had a customer that wants to ship a brand new iPhone to Singapore. As always, we called international support and was told, unless we remove the battery, we can't ship. For Apple iPhones, batteries can't be removed, so we lost the sale. Too bad as one of those case customers that didn't balk at the high international shipping cost was willing to do it. Well, even if you removed or could remove the battery, shipments of telecommunications equipment, including cell phones, require special approval from the Singapore government. I'm not seeing anything that says with or without battery makes any difference between beyond the regular international air shipment regulations. The problem is the regulations in the raw form are complex and contradictory on so many points that if you ask the same question to 10 experts, you'll get four to eight different answers. And when you're talking about a commodity that's likely to get individual inspections by customs and possibly our own Department of Commerce before exporting, the chances the chance of someone along the way will reject it are very high. For domestic shipments, if the box doesn't break open, there's likely to be an inspection. If you're more you're more likely to get hit by lightning than you are to have a domestic package inspected. However, labels do raise the attention levels. Conversely, lack of labels don't get noticed at all. Even so, labels don't go away, don't always get to call attention either. So the lesson is anything can go ground domestically, no one cares. No one is looking, as long as it doesn't leak, smoke, fall open, they don't care. But if it does leak, UPS will threaten to take your account number away. This happened to me. So I used to think, to, you know, just kind of ship it and don't worry about it. Not anymore. I had a pre-labeled or pre-boxed drop-off of cooking degreaser. The box leaked and UPS came after me for the violation. Apparently, my associate did not ask the customer the right questions. The PSO said cooking supplies. We didn't question it. Or he didn't question it. I actually had to write a letter to UPS security department to why this happened and what steps I will take to correct this problem. Otherwise, I lose my shipping number. But long story short, I got to keep my account. But geez, it was just a drop off. Um, back to the lithium batteries. Another person wrote on the on the source. Another, on the other hand, even if UPS said not to put lithium battery label on the package, our job aid says to put the label on. So if something happens to the package, just like not having a PSO, our home office said, could hold us responsible. Yes, even if UPS said told you no label, our job aid says label. It's our job to put the label on. So then it comes down to a no-win situation. Follow UPS's advice to get the package delivered or follow the home office's advice and assume liability. Our franchiser makes things a little bit harder, or a lot harder, rather than easier for us, in this case anyway. Another person wrote about USPS shipping, post office. Now again, there are several good replies, but I'm not going to repost any of them because none of them address the elephant in the room. And again, and also, again, Home Office has not replied either. 
Bottom line on this one, we are not authorized to ship any electronics containing lithium-ion batteries internationally using USPS. We cannot do this. This has been in effect for a couple of years since the International Pilots Union put some rule into effect. The USPS lobbied to have approved shippers be able to ship these items and even had us take additional hazmat training to address it, but ultimately was not able to provide approval. I am disgusted that Home Office did not step in to correct or provide guidance on this or either of these topics. Uh, here's another post. If you choose to send electronics to a high-risk country such as Nigeria, I recommend the following. Make each iPhone item on the invoice and scan its serial number into the description field. If they are new and in packaging, there's a sticker with many barcodes on the bottom of it. Put them in on the glass and copier and copy them. Ensure the package automatically. I do not give customers the choice in this matter. If they tell me each iPhone is $500 and I see there are four of them, it's automatically declared for $2,000. Signature required as well, um, which is the amount that it would be automatically. Uh, use DHL whenever possible. Anything going international, we always call regardless of the items. We call to confirm that the items can be shipped. If any additional papers are required, we don't assume anything for its international shipments. Yes, stay away from Nigeria for any electronics. Scam, scam, scam. Last I checked, shipping the latest tech gadgets out of the country was not allowed by the State Department. The national security concerns primarily. Cell phones are, in general, fall under the classification 5A002 and are restricted by both the NS and the AT restrictions categories. Export to Nigeria and almost every other country requires a special export license. Okay, uh, so the bottom line is, who can you trust? My quick answer, trust yourself. Trusted members of the FOA that did the research and you will share the, with their experiences. Otherwise, you could have a real mess on your hands. You could always not ship them, which is perfectly fine too. It's your store. Um, do you have faith in your 16-year-old part-time high school student associate that might or may, not, may or may not be versed in the 233-page manual on hazardous materials? Have them go to subsection 12 entitled Lithium Batteries. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this week's Technocast. If you think like me, at least you know you're not alone. We are all frustrated. Um, I remember when I started this 22 years ago or so, there weren't these kind of regulations to worry about. Hell, there weren't even cell phones, let alone lithium batteries. Back then, I remember about cell phones was watching Magnum P.I. and Tom Selleck running around, driving around in his uh, red Ferrari, wearing his short shorts and using his giant brick cell phone in his car. I thought that was pretty cool, but boy, how times have changed. Well, thanks again for listening and stay busy.